is Adrienne Barr. Thank you for joining me for another episode of I Was About to Say. Tonight I'm going to share some thoughts on a sweet film that I saw over the weekend. It's really love. It's on Netflix right now. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, I do recommend that you watch it. It is, it's a rom-com. Maybe I wouldn't even necessarily put it in the rom-com genre. It's a romantic movie. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, Lots of star power. Um, I, I actually wasn't sure what to expect when I saw it come up in the queue on Netflix, but I'm glad that I did check it out. I mean, you have everybody in this film from Michael Ely to Blair Underwood, the two star, the lead um, characters um, who are in love, um, Stevie and um, Elijah, um, who are um, Kofi Sirabu from Queen Sugar, um, and Yutha Wang Loi um, Singh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name, um, correctly, she is absolutely stunning. She's as stunning as Kofi is um, in terms of um, their physical beauty. But it is, this is a, it's a sleeper film that um, sneaks up on us and gives us just absolutely nice summer vibes as we head, um, or end of summer vibes as we head into fall. So I'm going to give you eight thoughts that I had about it as I watched. Um, some are, some are clearly enamored with it. As you can hear, I definitely was feeling it. And there were some other areas where, um, I kind of had some scratch my head moments, but all in all, I definitely recommend it. So starting with the things that, you know, had me, had me swinging. So first, just the colors in this film, starting with the colors of skin and the melanin. I don't know that I have ever seen a film with so many rich hues of beautiful black skin. I mean, just if you know the actors, when I say the names, Michael Ely, Uzu Aduba, Kofi Sirabu, Blair Underwood, Suzanne Douglas, when you think of those names and they pop up in your head, you already see a kaleidoscope of rich black color in your head. So when you then add a, a, a full cast of characters, you begin to see a palette like you've never seen before. And that was exciting to me in and of itself because so many times we get either unconscious colorism, since we're, we're kind of stuck on unconscious bias these days, but you get the unconscious bias even within the black community that tends to show up in movies Um, as well in our own films that are marketed to the black community. But um, you, in this film, you just don't get an anemia of melanin. You get so much richness. And this film is set in Washington, D.C., where there is so much diversity of skin color in the black community. And it shows up beautifully on film. 
So that was one of the things, that's like my first thing that I absolutely loved. And to have two main characters um, who are in love, and these are two characters who are rich, who have rich skin tones in blackness. It was beautiful. And they are both just stunning. I mean, you can't take your, your eyes off either one of them. They are just, they're both just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so that was like number one. The second thing is, can we all just like have the website to where we can go shopping for costume design? There wasn't a single thing that we saw worn by any of the female characters or probably for men, the male characters, that any of us didn't want to go out and buy tomorrow from the headdresses to the, to the, to the, the shirts, to the dresses, to the, to any of the attire and the colors, the greens, the creams. Everything, the costume designer deserves an Emmy on, on just costume design alone. It was just, it captured the, the bohemian feel and just the effortless style that you do often see in Washington, D.C., especially with a certain demographic, an age demographic. Though I'm going to say people in my age demographic, we know how to dress as well. But in this particular age, that the, the college students around Howard, and there was much homage paid to Howard University in this film. Um, but, you know, when you, uh, around the college age, and even the 30s and 40s, you definitely felt that vibe, and it was beautiful and something to behold um, in almost every frame um and 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 you just I just want to be able to shop just tell me where you where you shopped for the wardrobe for this film um the third thing was just just the the camera angles and just the the cinematype the lighting it was all what there was always a perfect balance of lighting the of course um the the i can share without any spoilers that you know we were this was centered around the romance between a struggling artist and a law student so we did get a lot of art um as this as the artist played by kofi was developing his career and so, you know, you get to see all of, you know, the different, you, these different showings and the art was always properly lit. This did not look like a budget film. You know, even though it was an indie film, it was not a budget film. It was so, it felt like Love Jones, um, but it was, but it stood on its own premise. It was, it was very beautiful um, in that right. So, and again, I go back to DC and the DC scene and how it paid homage to the DMV. I lived in the DMV for 10 years up until um, a couple of years ago. And it, for a moment, it was beautiful to kind of be back in that vibe because I felt it from, you know, the scenes, the music, um, and just kind of that laid back um, presence. And even they talked about, you know, how people from DC are from DC, even though I was in Old Town Alexandria, 
everybody likes to be from the DMV, likes everybody in the DMV, of course, from Maryland and Northern Virginia, you always say you're from the DC Metro. It was just really nice um, to see that. And, um, and even though as you were looking at where they were living, you kind of got that Georgetown feel in there a little bit as well. So it was really nice. Um, now, some of the things as we, you know, as we get through those kind of elements, um, then we started getting into Isaiah and Stevie, the couple themselves. I loved their romance. As I saw someone else stated, you could see these two people really being a couple. From the time that they first met and the way they related to each other, there was a natural vibe between them. They, there were, you know, they just kind of kind of flowed. Um, there, he had a real respectfulness with her. There eventually, of course, you know, there was the physical relationship, but it started out respectful. It started out dating. It didn't jump straight into bed by the second scene. You know, there was a courtship. And I like to see in black films, show, show our community one, show our younger generations, um, that we know how to court, that black people, we are raised to court. Um, yes, there, you know, there are people who like to go straight from, you know, date one to the bed. Fine. If that's what you do, do you. But courting, there's nothing wrong with courting either. You need to get to know people before you end up in a situation that you don't even know how you got there and you're in something serious. So it was nice to see the courting and see them get to know a little bit about or get to know quite a bit about each other and what was going on in each other's lives before you got to the more serious parts. And, you know, even hearing about the origin of each other's names um, and, you know, and learning more about um, their backgrounds. Now, she got to know quite a bit about his life. I would have liked to know quite a bit more character development about St about Stevie um, than we got to see on film. Yes, we knew she was a law student, and we got to see her arguing in court one time about fair housing, which I loved, but I would have liked to have seen more character development about around her um, and her life than we saw. We mostly got to see about him and um, his artistic aspirations. Now, um, on to my seventh area, you know, which kind of kind of is going to be surprising to you. It's it, it it this film fits into the Netflix and chill um, genre with Netflix, and I should have expected this. But sometimes the Netflix and chills kind of chill um, genre kind of makes me pull my hair out. I just wish sometimes that we could have some flicks for black people on Netflix that weren't kind of teetering on the soft porn. Um, it's like sometimes our screenplays turn like have just too much gratuitous sex. There is nothing wrong with having one scene where you just get down and you have that roll out, you know, that, that just all, all holds barred sex scene. 
but there really is no need for there to be two or three in one film. There really isn't. It's like, this is sometimes a couple may want to watch a black romantic film and they may not be having sex yet and they may not plan to trip and fall that night. They may just want to watch a good quality romance or a good quality black film on Netflix that doesn't leave the two of you sitting there feeling very uncomfortable because this film is soft porn. And I felt like there were too many scenes that really kind of felt like soft porn. Now, I'm gonna leave that there at the altar because this isn't the only black so-called romance on Netflix that I have the same critique about. I, 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 you know, it's again, one, one scene, it's fine. It's like Sylvie's love had like one scene and then you develop the story, good screenwriting. And you don't need to have to fill up the writing with a lot of gratuitous sex scenes, write the film, write good, write good stories and leave out some of the gratuitous sex. All right. That's all I'm going to say on that. The next thing um, was around the kind of baby boy um, story in there it was a little interesting. So we know that he's a struggling artist and you know with the struggling artist um, comes people that may not always have funds. Without giving away much of the, the, the storyline, I'm just going to say this. We're not going to normalize black women paying bills and paying things for men. Okay, ladies, young women, don't normalize that. If he can't pay gas money, maybe you need to stay home. Okay, you don't normalize taking care of men. He should not be moving, moving in with you. You move in with him or, you know, wait until he gets his come up. Okay, I know we're, and maybe it's a generational thing, but you know, there, there, there really is, you know, the struggle is real, you know, on all of us out here, but give people time to mature while you're maturing as well. Your credit is real. His credit is real. Your come up is real while you're trying to build your life and your, your savings. Um, when she paid for his gas at the, at the, um, at the quick mart, I thought that was really interesting. You know, when his family talks to him about getting a job, um, those, and the fact that he would even take money from her was interesting. So that, that kind of thing was, was interesting. And I just think that it's something, it's a discussion point. Um, in any in the black community, yes, in any community, but normalizing um, that baby boy um, element was was kind of interesting for me. The other thing I want to see more of, um, and or I'll say I want to see less of, um, is the whole bougie black thing. So let me talk about the bougie black thing. So Suzanne Douglas, poor thing, poor woman, she is so stereotyped. And Blair Underwood is kind of stereotyped as well. They kind of play the same character in black movies over and over again. Suzanne Douglas is always the uppity black woman who looks down her nose at black people. And Blair Underwood kind of gets that same um, 
archetype um, in films as well. They are the well-to-do, bougie parents who are almost anti-Black. And it was kind of ironic the way their characters were written in this film because they're sending their daughter to Howard, which is the Mecca for Black people and going to an HBCU, but you have this almost anti-Black attitude towards someone who was from Southeast, you know, and some of the other comments and the looking down their nose attitude. And you see this repeatedly in Black films when you have the upper class Blacks, so-called the, you know, socioeconomic clashing with people who aren't as economically advantaged as they are. And I'm kind of tired of seeing that, um, that dynamic. First of all, all upper-class Blacks don't behave that way. It's ignorant, um, it's uninformed, and it's outdated. Um, second of all, wouldn't this have been such a better, unexpected film had her father and her mother, who were both obviously a part of the arts world, her father could have, instead of looking down his nose and criticizing him, maybe her father could have taken him under his wing, introduced him to some people in the arts world to help accelerate his career so that he could have started making money faster and gotten his own place and become someone who could have been the partner that we all would like to see for his law school daughter. Um, instead of, you know, there being this, um, this dichotomy between the haves and the have-nots, so to speak. So, you know, I, again, instead of writing the stereotypes for Black Romeo and Juliet, um, let's be more creative. Let's have more original writing that shows the Black community coming together more across generational lines. There is an opportunity here that I think was missed that went back to just kind of um, predictable writing that, um, that we see too much of. We, we see those same characters. Um, so that's, that was a place that I think we could have done, uh, that the writers could have done a lot better um, in terms of how they handled um, the parent, her parents. Um, and hopefully in the future, we could see something better. And again, with the end, I think we all kind of expected the end. It, we knew they were going to come back together and, and probably the way they came together. I won't say exactly how it happened, but I, it doesn't take Stevie Wonder to figure out um, how that was going to happen. No, no pun intended. But um, all of that said, it was still cute. It was still romantic. It was still sweet, um, and it was still very much worth watching. And I definitely want to see more from this particular director um, and this particular team. Uh, we don't see enough of enough films with these types of ingredients. And I would love to see more. It kind of reminded me of some of the wonderful films from the 90s that I used to enjoy in the early 2000s. So I hope you will definitely check out Really Love on Netflix if you haven't watched it already. And um, 
I know you can't let me know what you think, but I definitely hope that you do love it. So that's what I have to say about it. Enjoy.